Happy Tuesday, everybody. This is the Longhorn Confidential for September 26, 2023. I'm Danny Davis with the Austin American Statesman. As always, I'm joined by the boys, Cedric Golden, Kirk Bowles, Thomas Jones. Um, thanks for listening to us wherever you, your po- wherever you get your podcast or watching us on YouTube or statesman.com. Let's get to it. Uh, we are a couple days removed from a trip to Waco, perhaps our last ever trip to Waco, unless we're going up there for basketball or Volleyball or maybe a baseball game or two, but Texas 38, Baylor 6. Texas improves to 4-0 on the season, 1-0 in conference play. Never trailed in the game. Defense held Baylor to two field goals on six trips to the red zone. Uh, four rushing touchdowns for the Longhorn offense, including Quinn Ewers showing some, showing some speed down the sideline. Xavier Worthy also had a touchdown catch. So let's just kind of talk a little bit about this game. First question. Was Texas that good, or was Baylor that bad? Kirk, we'll start with you. Yes, they were. Both sides of the coin. And, you know, I think the way we talked last week, I'm not the least bit surprised, are y'all? I mean, Baylor's that bad that they don't have a good quarterback who's experienced. Their front isn't very good. They're breaking in basically a new offensive line. And, uh, boy, trying to run against that Texas defensive front is rough sledding. So, you know, I wasn't surprised in the least. I think Bader may win a couple more games maybe, depending on injuries and stuff. But, no, I think Texas, that dominant, and Texas just now hitting their stride. Said your thoughts. You were sitting sitting right next to me in the press box. What did you think? Daniel, they went in there and they played less than perfect and they still won so easily, so easily. Baylor's just not that good. And and I, I worry about Dave Miranda. That 12 and 2 was great, but was that just lightning in a bottle? Uh they weren't good with Blake Shaper. So you know they weren't going to be good with Sawyer Roberts. So I think the defense is has taken center stage with this Texas team and they're like the 1985 Chicago Bears. Pretty good quarterbacking. Uh, but a defense that's just not giving up anything. Wait a minute. Duck, <laughs> they've given up 50 points in in four games. That is 12 points a game. Yeah. In this era, Bears. everybody's chunking the ball around. <laughs> it's amazing. It is amazing what they're doing on defense. They're, I'm not saying that they're Mike Singletary, refrigerator pair. I'm, I'm, but I am saying, comparably speaking, a team that's given up 12 points a game in this era has to be lauded. Now, I did write last week that they've they've really been fortunate to be playing against some inexperienced quarterbacks thus far, and we're going about to find out coming up if they're still as good against one of the better quarterbacks in the league. We'll see. Yeah, uh, Super Bowl shuffle. I can't wait to see Jade Barrett and X Men leading the Super Bowl shuffle. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, those those fifty points allowed. That's the lowest. Uh, I don't know about the eighty five Bears, but since oh eight, Texas started the season four zero and oh eight allowed forty three. So this is the best start to the season in in what fifteen years. But but Sed's right. I mean, they play a real quarterback, <clears throat> Jalen Daniels. Look, Baylor is just. The twelve and two season two years ago was a, like like said said it just it was an outlier and Dave Aranda's firmly on the hot seat. I don't know what difference Blake Shapen would have made would have made some because Sawyer Robertson just wasn't very good, especially against uh, the best defense easily in the Big Twelve. 
Yeah, I mean, Baylor wasn't good. Some of their play calling was baffling, and that goes as much on the coaching as it was the players. Just there's a talent gap between Texas and Baylor. But if you're a Texas fan, this is what you wanted to see. You wanted to see them go in, go on the road. Said you wrote about kind of them having a business-like approach on, on the road at, at the game. That's what they did. They went in and they took care of business, covered the spread if you were caring about that. And just made it a non-factor by the time. I mean, we were riding at halftime. Um, and that's what you wanted to see, especially after that Rice game to open the season. And after Wyoming two weeks ago, you just wanted to see this Texas team go in, do what they're supposed to do, move on to the next week. And that's exactly what they did. So I think if you're a Texas fan, you're happy. If you're a Baylor fan who left in the third quarter, you're probably a little concerned about your team. But I think this is probably what we expected. Um there was one thing to nitpick about this uh, 32-point win, and that was special teams. Um, in ad- addition to Burt Auburn missing a field goal, which happens when you're when you're a kicker, um, we've we've seen um, we've seen that over over the years. There were some issues with the cover with the return team. Keelan Robinson um, muffed a kickoff return, was able to recover it, but both Jordan Whittington and Xavier Worthy um, muffed a punt um, punt return. One of those, both of those were lost. One of those set up a Baylor field goal. Um, on the other hand, Xavier Worthy also had a 40-yard return. So kind of showed what um, you know he can do on, on special teams. But Thomas, on Monday, you asked uh, Steve Sarkeesian if he was thinking about making a uh, change in the punt return game with uh, Xavier before you could even finish your question. Steve said no. Um, <laughs> so we, we won't ask him. We'll ask the four of us. Uh, do you think uh, Texas needs to – be concerned about that and make a change? Or are you comfortable with uh, Xavier being back there um, returning punts? Uh, said you wrote about this a little bit today in your nuggets, so we'll start with you. Got to keep him back there because he's going to bust one. He may bust two. He's come close to taking one to the crib. And it's a high risk because uh, Kirk and I have noticed this season that he's let some punts go bounce in front of him and put the offense in bad field position where he's got the speed to go run that thing down and catch it. He's not at that confident level, confidence level back there he's yet. But once he gets his hands on the ball, he's a threat to take it the distance. And there's going to come a time when they're going to need a big-time play in special teams. Duck, you remember 08 when uh, OU was getting after Texas and Jordan Shipley returned that kickoff for a touchdown and change the momentum of that game. Special teams so important. And that guy is your most electric playmaker on the team. So anytime you can get his hands on the ball, you got to take that chance, even if it's at the risk of a fumble. So you keep him back there because if he, if he returns one punt for a touchdown, uh, it could be in the OU game, could be in LA. It could be in New Orleans. You cannot have him back there. There's not another guy like him on the team. It could be in the Super Bowl, apparently. But uh, Kirk, uh, what, <laughs> what, what what do you think? Who was the Bears punt returner in '85? I don't remember. Uh, but uh, I digress. Uh, right. no. <laughs> uh, no, I agree. I, I think Xavier Worthy is just so dangerous, and and it's funny he's talking about his confidence. Why wouldn't his confidence? be great because you know to me he's playing like he did as a freshman you know when he had what what do you have 12 touchdowns as a freshman receiver and I think he's gonna bust one too and you know and he he owns it I love his accountability you know when we've asked him about 
letting some punts drop and give up valuable uh, yardage uh, in field position. And he said, yeah, I have. And, and that surprised me. But, no, he's just too dangerous, and he puts the fear factor into opponents. So I'm a little worried about Bert Auburn, just a little bit. I think he's 7 to 10. And, you know, he never missed short field goals last year. So I'm a teeny bit worried about that. But I love the special teams. They they uh, don't give up a whole lot uh, on punts and kickoffs. And, and uh, like, well. Yeah, Sanders, I think he's, what, fourth in the country or mm-hmm. something like that. So that's a huge pickup. So, yeah, no, I, I really wouldn't change anything. But I would tell Xavier, just be your aggressive self. PJ? You, you, you know, you got to remember, a guy like uh, Xavier, you know, he went to East Central High School in Fresno, California. Good program there. He didn't return punts in high school. You look at a guy like Jontae Cook from DeSoto, that really Good. dynamic freshman receiver, he didn't return punts for DeSoto. Um, a lot of these young receivers, they don't return punts in high school. So there is definitely a level of discomfort back there, and Xavier's been very open about that. Um you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't think you necessarily need big plays on kick returns or punt returns, but I do think you need to avoid the bad play. So I would prioritize a reliable fielder. Don't let it bounce, like said and, and Kirk mentioned. Um, keep the field position. Play it safe. You know, does UT have another guy on the team that can do that? We don't know. You know, we really don't because, again, a lot of these guys don't do it in high school. But you know, Jante was – Fielded punts in August when we saw, and and I think Odene Mitchell did too, didn't he? I think we saw him in uh, August at Dinius Fields. So, but like I said, I mean, Sark was so firm and answered no. So oh, yeah. he, he's got a lot of confidence. In X, I don't think it'll change either. Do you, Danny? Agree. Yeah, I get I get spooked and startled pretty easily. So I'm not going to judge someone who maybe makes a mistake when there's 220 pound guys running 20 miles an hour at them. Um, I can see how that happens from time to time. I'd probably keep X back there. I, I did like what Texas did. I'm kind of putting Jordan back there too um, to kind of have an extra, um, a little more security though, even though Jordan did muff. That worked out, too. yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'll just chalk it up to a, a bad day since I don't think anyone is thinks that Jordan Winnington has bad hands or that Xavier, even though you know, he, he does has, has some drops, is, isn't a game breaker. I'm just going to chalk that up to a bad day and um, figure that Jeff Banks gets that figured out going down the road. I'm, I'm less concerned about the muffs and more concerned about the letting the ball roll and not, not necessarily feeling fielding the balls, um, you know, that they, they need to field and, you know, losing that field position game. But I figure, you know, get, keep trotting next back out there until you can't anymore and then maybe give John Tick cook or um, Adonai Mitchell, Mitchell shot back there. But I don't think Steve needs to be rushing to, make any changes based on a bad day in Waco. And if that's the only thing that went bad for them um, over the weekend, that's a pretty nice little trick trip up, up Iowa 35. Let's uh, move forward. Talk about this weekend. The, the big showdown in Austin, number three, Texas, number 24, Kansas, uh, both teams, four and both teams, one and oh, and big 12 play that Saturday afternoon. Um, let's just start off Jayhawks, four and second straight season. Do you believe in the Jayhawks? I know TJ does. He was a, uh, Kansas was his pick to meet Texas in the Big 12 championship game. I don't think he moved off that based off of um, one one bad weekend. But um, my son is talking in the background. Um, and here, you're TJ, good. Uh, 
Do you believe in the Jayhawks? We'll, we'll start there. I, I do. I mean, I do think Jalen Daniels, if healthy, he's battling some back issues. I think he's the uh, most explosive quarterback in the Big 12. I think he's the best quarterback in the Big 12. And I like what Coach Lance Leopold has done with that team. They're consistent. They're playing with confidence. Uh, I think they're the best skill players in the conference, and that includes UT. So, yeah, I think they're really good. Now, can their defense hold up against UT? Mm, I, I think Texas will score more points this week, but I think they're going to need those points, which they haven't necessarily needed last first four month, uh, four games of the season. And I do think they'll meet again in the Big 12 title game. I'll call it right now. <laughs> Eric, I think you're riding on Kansas later in the week. Uh, do you believe? Do you believe in the Jayhawks? I do believe. Uh, I don't know if I believe he's the best quarterback. TJ, did you not see the wheels on young Ben Sewers <laughs> as Danny proclaimed him? I mean, he was motoring for Danny. <laughs> he looked good. Uh, and, you know, I think they're both in the Heisman race right now. I really do. But, yeah, I do believe in Jalen Daniels. And I believe in this Kansas team. Uh, they punked BYU. Uh, gave BYU their first loss, I think, last week. And, yeah. and get this, they had they scored on all three of their three second-half drives, and all of them were 10 plays or more. So they bullied BYU. Get this, guys. Jalen threw four passes in the second half against BYU, and they still won by 11. And they got a couple of defensive scores, I think, uh, one of them really early. And BYU – Average 0.4 yards per carry. That's wow. not too good. That's like 85 Bears stuff just to pull <laughs> out a pull out a team that I remember. But uh, and, and yeah, that included sacks, which I think is terrible. NCAA put sacks on passing yardage. Don't put it on rushing yardage. So uh, yeah, I believe in Kansas, and I think they're the real deal. Is that you? 85 Bears. They call me Fridge, and I'm the real. <laughs> I know. Fridge, but I'm no dumb cookie. <laughs> we, need a, we need our own song and dance. No, we don't. No, no we don't. We sure do not. <clears throat> uh, they're impressive. I like Kansas. They're well coached. Um, Kansas and Kansas State, uh, people used to talk about them, you know, when, when Snyder started to fall off. But Kansas is going to come in here with a lot of belief. They won the last time they came in here. So they, they're going to have some belief. Jalen Daniels is electric. Uh, that's going to be fun. He's going to have to throw more than four times in the second half if they're hoping to get a dub at DKR, Duck. But uh, they, have, they, have, they have a solid defense. Kobe Bryant is, is going to be all-conference. Um, you know, you're going to see two of the best uh, secondaries uh, with Kobe Bryant and the Yajade Barron and – Jaron Thompson. It's got to be fun. I don't know that it's I've, – I've been seeing some predictions online with some really high scores. I don't know if this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think this might be one of those 27-20 type games, and I really don't – I really don't see the horns uh, blowing Kansas out, but I do see them winning the game. I'll take the over on that, Sid. You think it's going to be a high-scoring, fam? A little bit, yeah. I think in the 30s. I think you'll need to get in the 30s to win it. Look, I think Kansas obviously has a really good coach. They have a good quarterback. They, there's some talent on that roster. But for me, with the Jayhawks, I'm kind of in a show-me state. Um, I think we're not that far removed from everyone that 
went roots for Texas or played for Texas and me, since I didn't want to go to the Alamo Bowl, rooting for Kansas to beat Kansas State last year, and they could not get it done. They've lost 14 straight to Kansas State. They haven't beat Oklahoma since uh, 1997, I believe. The two times they've beaten Texas um, in recent memory, those may have been the two worst Texas teams um, in the last 30 years. So I just, I'm not, I'm just not gonna, you know, put my eggs in the Kansas basket. I'll be late to the party, and Jayhawk fans can come to my, my mentions, but I, I just need to see it to believe it. Like I'm just not going to say I believe in Kansas because they beat Nevada by seven. Like that is, that's just not that impressive towards me. I just need to see it before, before I, I jump on that bandwagon. If there's not, not any seats left for me, um, that, that's fine. I, I guess I'll hitchhike to wherever, wherever Kansas is going, but. I just uh, I need to see them beat some of these marquee Big 12 teams before I call them a Big 12 contender just because they haven't done it in the past. And at some point, maybe they do do it, but I'm just not going to predict that. I just don't have as much faith as uh, as TJ yet. I'd rather believe in a team like Kansas State who's done it, a team like Oklahoma who's obviously done it, a team like Texas that has the talent and you know, has won some big games in the past couple of years before I just jump on this Kansas um Kansas bandwagon, but that's just that's just me. And once again, if I'm left stranded on the side of the road, um, so so be it. Um, we we talked a little bit about Jalen Daniels. Um, obviously, Texas has not faced good quarterbacks. So let's just be blunt about it. JT Daniels is a six-year, you know, journeyman quarterback. Uh, Sawyer Robertson, regardless of how good he was in high school, has not got it done at Baylor. Um, Wyoming played their backup quarterback and Jalen Milrow is, was his third career start and obviously adjusting to life at Alabama. So Jalen Daniels will be the best quarterback Texas has seen so far this season. That's no doubt, no debate there, but do you think he's the best quarterback on the schedule? Is there another guy, whether it's at Oklahoma, whether it's at Kansas state who kind of pops up, um, kind of catches your attention, settle, start with you. Dylan Gabriel, Dylan Gabriel. He's, he's lighting him up at OU. And he and and he was he was lighting them up before he got hurt last year. I think I think that lefty is going to give them problems in Dallas. And I don't try to get too too far ahead because the Horns trying to go one and zero this this week. That's what I heard through the grapevine. But um, yeah, I, I think Gabriel is is a is a guy. And um, I was watching. He threw one pass fifty seven yards in the air. I was watching the game hit the receiver right in stride. So he's got it going on. Um, not as electric with his feet as a Jalen Daniels or as a Vince yours, but um, obviously a really good quarterback. So I think, I think uh, while, while I love me some Jalen Daniels, I think Dylan Gabriel is going to give Texas more problems. Thomas, are you still going to go all Kansas on this show or are you going to pick someone else? No, I, I, I'm going all Kansas. I think Jalen Daniels is the best dual threat in the conference. Um, I, I do like Gabriel. And fortunately for Texas, they don't play UCF this week because I love me some John Reese Plumley, And he may be – him and Jalen Daniels may be battling for that first team all Big 12 team if Reese Plumley is healthy enough to, to play most of the season. But we'll see. Um, it's for sure Jalen Daniels is the biggest threat with his legs since – UT played Milrow. So that's gonna be um that's gonna be a challenge for UT defense this week, I think. I guess Texas will have to wait till baseball season to see uh see <laughs> uh good outfielder. Eric, Eric, who's your who's your pick? Well, don't forget about Will Howard at K State. Uh I, yeah, I, what? What? 
He's got a gimpy. He's, I don't know if he's got a bad ankle. He's ache. hurt right now. But, he's hurt. But, and like you said, uh, Plumlee's hurt. Got now he's got a leg injury, and uh, I think I'm looking at Plumlee's stats. He's got three touchdowns, four interceptions. So he was off to a bad start before he hurt his leg. And Timmy McLean, the former South Florida quarterback, came in. But yeah, I I think I think Jalen Daniels is going to be the best quarterback they see uh you know Dylan Gabriel's not a threat to run uh anywhere close to this Daniels guy he is that dynamic so uh I, I go with uh JD is the top opposing quarterback uh perhaps Danny, I know you're the Jayhawks but go ahead perhaps it's because I'm um, biased towards the Gabriel family but I'm probably gonna go with Dylan I, I would like to see what Oklahoma looks like with him playing um obviously he sat out um last year's uh shellacking at the Cotton Bowl, and it'd be interesting. I don't know if he's a 49-point swing, but it'd be interesting to see actually what Oklahoma looked like had he played last year, and hopefully um, everyone's healthy and we can see that kind of matchup, him versus Quinn um, in Dallas uh, next week. We can actually be talking about that as opposed to whatever Oklahoma tried it out there. So I'm going to go with Dylan. Obviously, Jalen's really talented, but Texas you know, did a good job of containing him last year in Lawrence, although he was a little banged up um, at that time too, but I'll just go go with Dylan and the mystery of Dylan Gabriel um, and, and pick him. Although I do like Will Howard. I think he uh, gets the job done, although he may not be the most talented out, out of that group of quarterbacks we've mentioned. Um, he did win a Big 12 championship last year, so can't, can't over, cannot overlook that. Um, Jalen Daniels, Big 12 preseason offensive player of the year. The Big 12 preseason defensive player of the year plays for Texas. Also named Jalen, although he spells his name J-A-Y-L-A-N. Um, Jalen Ford, linebacker, stud. We we like we like talking to the guy. We like watching him play. Um, but what stands out the most about him and the way he's been playing this season? Uh, Cedric, we'll start with you. His preparation. He's never out of position. He he's he's in the right place at the right time, as evidenced by that end zone interception in Waco. Um, you know, he's been mentored by Derek Johnson, who's who's the greatest linebacker not named Tommy Novus to play in Texas. Um, he's not, he's, he's, he's not fleet of foot. He's not Lawrence Taylor. He's not that fast, but he knows where he needs to be. And he, you rarely catch him out of position. So I, I like what I've seen. He's quietly done his job. Um, he didn't flash in Waco. It was Kirk and I were wondering, you know, he didn't flash until that interception, but He's doing what he needs to do on a very talented defense, and he's allowed those guys on the other side of him, like Dave, David Bender, to have career years. David Bender's off to a great start this season. So I think Jalen Ford's the glue is holding that defense together. He's a leader, and um, I just like what I'm seeing, not only from him, but his other defensive cohorts. Kirk, what stands out to, stands out to you about Jalen? I, I like his smarts. You know, he he's right place, right time. You know, he, he knows where he needs to be. He always seems he's there. Uh, he was right there for the interception in Waco. Now he could have taken a knee. You know, that wasn't the smartest play he's ever made. And Sark even referenced that. But, you know, like he said, he was just challenging the offense, which came through with a 95-yard <laughs> touchdown drive. So, he's a team uh, guy. So I guess he, yeah, he is a team guy. So I guess he knew what he was doing. So, uh, but what does he got? It's like. Something like eight takeaways the last 10 games, 11 games, something like that. So, 
you know, I don't know if it was you, Danny, or who asked him, like, do you expect to get an interception every game? And he kind of said, well, personally, yeah. And and I do too, because he is the right place. And he's not the fastest guy, as said mentioned. But, uh, boy, he's a team guy, and Texas is lucky to have him. Yeah, I mean, he's got he's got six picks in the last 11 games. His ability to especially um, kind of dissect a, a passing game and, and know, know what the offense is trying to do, I mean, he knows where to be in the passing lanes. He knows when to drop back. It, it's His ability to read offense is, is extraordinary. But really, his, his ball skills, you, you know, you don't pick off six passes as a linebacker without good ball skills. And he'll admit, I should have had one against Bama, too. Um, just like you guys are saying, a smart player, but really his ability to drop back, mess up the other team's passing game, you, you, you know, is really impressive. Key to key to that Texas defense. Yeah, his stats are obviously impressive. I think he's three interceptions away from uh, Derek Johnson's uh, school record for for linebackers. So that's obviously anytime you're in a conversation with DJ, that's impressive. But look, that defense is a defense full of alphas. It's a defense full of talent, talented players. Jalen Ford's the heart of that defense. Um, so I'm going to pick his leadership. There's no doubt who the the leader of that defense is, and that's him. And that's something when you have a John A. Barron's on that defense, when you have Jalen Catalans, when you have Devondre Sweats or you know, Byron Murphy's, um, that he's the guy that they listen to. That that says a lot just about him, his leadership ability and his character. And obviously this defense, which is playing very well, as Seth alluded to earlier, um, it starts it starts at number 41. So I'll I'll I will pick uh pick his leadership abilities. Um let before we get out of here, prediction time. Last two times in Austin that Texas and Kansas have played. They've been pretty entertaining games. Uh, 2019, 50 to 48. That was a Texas win. Cameron Dicker, I believe, it was a 33 yard field goal at the buzzer to win it. Uh, two years ago, obviously, um, if you're a Texas fan, you'd like to forget that. But that overtime game was still entertaining. 57, 56, um, Kansas win. So it was a 17 point spread, which doesn't uh, say much about those last two two meetings. So when Texas and Kansas uh, meet at 2:30 at DKR on Saturday, um, game is going to be on ABC. Do we expect another close one, or is Texas going to cover that spread? Uh, TJ, we'll start with you. Well, look, I'll say one thing about the Texas defense. They gave up a couple of deep balls to Baylor, right? Let's Ryan Watts gave up a couple of deep balls. I think Kansas will test him downfield. I think Kansas will make some plays that we haven't seen against the Texas defense. I do think the Texas offense will score enough to win by 10, but I think that Kansas offense will keep things interesting into the fourth quarter. Kirk? I was stunned that it was that widespread a, a lion. I really was. I mean, you know, obviously a lot of us and a lot of people think they're legit. I got them in my top 25. but uh, And they can be explosive. You know, they can make big plays. And, and that's probably been the one thing that can hurt Texas, these big plays, because you're not going to drive, you know, 98 yards and 14 plays, I don't think, against this uh, Texas defense. They just been that solid. But, you know, Daniels can break one. We all know Mr. Casey. Uh, remember him. Uh, this is the Brendan Schooler redemption game. Uh, and remember what that's like. But like we've all said, you know, that Kansas is going to come in confident. You know, they've beaten them a couple times uh, uh, two years ago in, and in the Charlie Strong era. So they won't come in intimidated. So uh, I just think uh, – I kind of think I like Kansas in the points, but I think Texas ultimately wins by 10 points, I think. 
But <laughs> like Kansas and the poise, man. I got to see that in print. Um, I, I think that um, I think Jaden Daniels is going to get off to a good start. Uh, they haven't <clears> seen anybody <throat> like him at that position, and they've been, you know, they've been sleeping on silk sheets when it's coming to, to facing quarterbacks. They haven't faced a guy like him, so uh, he's going to test them early with his feet. They're going to test him downfield, and. It's going to be interesting first half for sure. I think Texas is going to win, but but I think it's going to be like a 34-20 type game. I think they're going to win by 14. You're taking Kansas in the points too. I don't gamble. So. Oh. <laughs> Mr. Vegas, we call him America. Great shows. Danny, what Great shows in Vegas. <laughs> Even though I'm apparently yeah. the biggest Kansas hater. Um here uh i i thought that 17 point line was a little disrespectful um i i think texas i think it's probably like a seven point game that doesn't seem like a seven point game maybe kansas gets a late score um to you know make it seem a little closer than than it is but i do i do believe that this is gonna be a competitive game if you're waiting for that arch manning appearance i don't think it's happening this week um i think texas and Jalen daniels just provide a good test test for texas but I believe we're probably getting that undefeated showdown at the Cotton Bowl next week, and I'm probably not sweating it too much. But, you know, like I said, the last two times these two teams have met in Austin, it's been surprisingly close, and Kansas won one of those games. So we'll just have to see what happens this weekend at DKR. Daniel, if the Longhorns blow their doors off, <clears throat> we got to come back here on Longhorn Confidential next week and give them their props because they're way better than we thought they were. And Vegas – is usually right. I think Vegas is wrong this time, but Vegas is always seems to be right on that number. Not but, always. Well, Vegas, Vegas was wrong two years ago, but most of the time Vegas uh, definitely, definitely knows, knows a thing or two, but the football game, like once again, Saturday afternoon at DKR, ABC will be televising that not the only show on campus, uh, the volleyball team, uh, number 10 in the ABCA poll. They have two big matches this week, weekend against Number nine, BYU. It's actually Thursday and Friday night, so I guess this week instead of this weekend. Um, rematch of the 2018 Elite Eight rematch for you hardcore uh, Texas volleyball fans. Uh, Texas off to a 2-0 start in Big 12 play after beating OU twice this past weekend. So number nine versus number 10, that'll be big for both uh, national seeding and also um, Big 12 positioning in the standings. I'm sure TJ will be out there. So check out statesman.com for all of his coverage of those matches. Uh, number 14, soccer. They are at home against West Virginia on Thursday. They are at Kansas on Sunday. Two tough losses for the fight Nange Kellys uh, this past weekend to rank Texas Tech and BYU teams. BYU was last night a 3-2 game. Uh, number, uh, BYU is kind of conference favorites. So that was tough for uh, the the soccer team, but we'll see if they can get back on track and get back in this Big 12 race over the next uh, few days. But uh, that's not the only thing we have to tease. We have to tease the On Second Thought podcast. Kirk said, what are we talking about this week? Any big any big guests coming on? Tell them, Doug. Tell them. <laughs> We're going to get the man himself, Lance Leipold, on how he has rocked America with his Kansas Jayhawks. And we won't right. tell him for a hater, Danny. We won't. We won't spring that on Lance. Good guess. Good yeah. guess. I'll uh, I'll make a guest appearance and tell Lance uh, what I what I don't <laughs> think about his team because I don't I don't I don't know if I could say that to anyone's face. I do have better 
protected by by a computer screen. I'm 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 that kind of journalist. But uh yeah, we're gonna get out of here. You can check out the On Second Thought podcast. It'll drop on Thursday morning on statesman.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can also check out our website for all of our pregame coverage, all of our in-game coverage, and all of our post-game coverage. Um, and we will be back here next week uh, for another Longhorn Confidential. But we thank you for listening to us wherever you get your podcasts, watching us on YouTube. Uh, have a good week, and we'll see you see down the road. Deuces.